right, grab your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter number 11, and we'll try to finish this chapter this morning. Matthew chapter number 11, just remain standing for just a moment, and uh, we'll read a couple verses. Uh, we'll read a couple verses this morning. I, I, I pray, I pray that the Lord is going to encourage you. Uh, it has encouraged me studying what, what we're fixing to learn today. Uh, uh, there is nothing like, there is nothing like being tired. How many of y'all have been tired before? Tired. Uh, uh, you know, there's a, there's a different tired that we're going to talk about today. Uh, a different exhaustion. Uh, when you're physically tired, when you're physically exhausted, you can take a nap. You can go on vacation. You can do things of that nature. But when you're mentally tired, when you're at a, a point of mental exhaustion, uh, uh, in your mind, how many of y'all can say, man, where, where I'm going with this? They, they just, they just don't make a nap for that. And so I want to, I want to preach this morning on the subject rest for the soul, rest for the soul. You see, your soul is, is the seat of your emotions, the seat of your, your intellect, if you will. It's it, basically your mind. And, and Jesus said that there is a rest for the soul. And so I, I don't know about you, and I don't know who needs this this morning, but I'm going to just put myself at the top of the list. I need what we're going to hear today. Amen. And so how many of y'all know when, when there is something we desperately need, uh, Satan is going to desperately fight it. Right. And so so let's do this. We're going to we're going to read just a couple verses. And then I want you to pray that God will have his way. I want you to pray a hedge of protection from the devil and then pray. God, speak to me. Say that with me. God, God, speak to me. How many of y'all believe he will if we ask him? Amen. Amen. Let's look in in Matthew chapter number 11 in verse number 28. Verse number 28. When you get there, say amen. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find unto your For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Let's all read verse 28 again. Come unto me. Let's all read it together. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for an opportunity to share your word. I thank you for an opportunity to, to, to be with your people and to sing unto you and to worship you and spend time in your word. Now, Lord, we desperately need you to speak to us today. Lord, there's a lot of things going on in this world that is causing an upheaval and turmoil and difficulty. Uh, Lord, it seems like there's bad news on every hand. And there's grief and there's, there's, there's pain and there's suffering and there's difficulty. Lord, I pray today that you will sit down beside us and whisper in our ear the truth that we need to hear. God will thank you and will praise you. I ask you not to allow me to say anything I shouldn't. Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Horatio Gates Spafford. Horatio Spafford was a prominent American lawyer and a Presbyterian church elder. On September the 5th, 1861, he married Anna Larson of Stavanger, Norway, in the city of Chicago. Spafford was a lawyer and a senior partner in a very large firm. The Spaffords were supporters and friends of evangelist D.L. Moody. And listen, he was also, he had become very wealthy in investments in, in real estate in the city of North Chicago. In the spring of uh, 1871, he spent a lot of time in these investments and gaining wealth. But in October of 1871, the Great Fire of Chicago reduced the city to ashes, destroying most of Spafford's investments. In 1871, Spafford's four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. 
Two years later, business demands kept Spafford from joining his wife and four daughters on a family vacation in England where he was friend, his friend D.L. Moody would be preaching. On November the 22nd, 1873, while crossing the Atlantic on the steamship Ville de Harve, the ship was struck by an iron sailing vessel, killing 226 people, including all of Spafford's four daughters. His wife, Anna, survived the tragedy. And upon arriving in England, she sent a telegram to Spafford saying, Saved alone. Saved alone. As Spafford sailed to England to join his wife, uh, the captain informed him of where the ship went down and where he lost his daughters. And from that point on, and we see later on, he wrote these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, woo, feel a little God right there. Though trials should come, lest the blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of the glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Most people are familiar with the song, but not a whole lot of people are familiar with the story behind the song. What is this teaching us and what is this showing us? You could be going through hell on earth and have peace in your soul. Now, here's, here's what I want to share with you today. I, listen, peace in our soul and being able to sit down. I mean, he lost his investments. He lost his four-year-old son. He lost his four daughters in, in this shipwreck. And he was able, in the midst of all of that tragedy, in the midst of all of that suffering and that pain and that grief, he was able to pin the words, it is well with my soul. And so today, today, I want to I want to kind of hone in on that today. And I, I want to look at that because I don't know if you understand this or not, but being well with your soul is not connected with outside circumstances. And there's way too many Christians who are depending on their circumstances to determine whether they have peace in their heart. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you, you can be going through hell itself and say, it is well with my soul. You can be in the midst of the most unbelievable tribulation and say, it is well with my soul. You can be experiencing pain beyond your ability to handle it. And like Paul, you can say, his grace is sufficient for me. Rest for the soul. Rest for the soul. I want you to I want you to look at these verses. I, I normally normally I will I will take and, 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 and as I'm making the points, I will go to different verses in the Bible that support the particular point. But I don't want to do that today. We've been we've been really uh, focusing on uh, what's called DBS Discovery Bible Series and where you just take the Bible and let the Bible talk. Let the Bible do the work. Let the, let the Bible. And so that's what I want to do today. I, I just want to take these verses and, and let these verses speak to us today. Now, here is the, here is the thing. Jesus is just, he, he is, last week we learned, last week that we learned that there were a lot of people who seen Jesus do a lot of things and, and still decided not to follow him. Still decided not to believe in him. Play, listen, Chorazin, we, you all remember last week, uh, Bethsaida, Capernaum, they seen miracle after miracle and they choose not to follow him. And because of that, there was going to be a stricter judgment on them in the day of judgment. How many of y'all remember last week? But then Jesus comes and says these words. He says, come unto me, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, now the primary application the primary application is about salvation. And he's talking to the poor Jewish people who have been beaten down by legalism. 
beaten down by the pharisaical list of rules and regulations. In other words, God said to do this, but then the Pharisees and the religious leaders added all of these traditions, all of these rules, all of these regulations that brought them to a point that they could not bear. They could not even follow the list that they gave them and they were being burdened down. Are y'all with me? And Jesus said, if you're heavy laden, come to me. If you Listen, if you're being overwhelmed, come to me. Come to me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm glad it doesn't take tradition. It doesn't take denominations. It doesn't take, listen, titles to get to heaven. All you got to do is come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Somebody say amen. Listen, it's the primary application is salvation. But there was something that I saw in this, that, that, that as I looked through the, the, the verses in the New Testament, and I, I looked through the stories and the, and, the, and the recollections of Jesus' life here on earth through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I found out that people did not just come to Jesus for salvation. Are y'all with me? Now, here's, here's what I want to do. Let me give you point one. <clears throat> Let me give you point one and see if you fit in that point. And then we'll cover, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just skim through point one and get to point two and three. Are y'all with me? The, the body of the, or the, the, the biggest majority of the message is in point number two. But uh, let's see if we fit, let's see if we fit in this particular audience. So number one, if you're taking notes, you got your notes in front of you. Number one, I want you to see the audience that's targeted. The audience that's targeted. Who is Jesus speaking to? Who is Jesus speaking to? Let's let the Bible say it. Come unto me. Who? Who? All, all that labor and are heavy laden. Two things. Write these two things down and then we'll talk about it, okay? First, we find the fatigue. The word labor here means to toil to the point of exhaustion. So what is he saying? You that are fatigued, you who are exhausted, you are, let's see, can can you finish these sentences? I'm at the end of my... I'm about at my wits. Okay. How many, y'all, y'all with me? So y'all know where we're going. I'm just ready to throw in the. Oh, I'm just a bundle of. My life is falling. My soul. How many of you? How many of you been just tired before? Fatigued, you try and you try and you try, and it just seems like you're getting nowhere. You're spinning your wheels, and and the, and the harder you try, it seems like things just get worse. This is who Jesus is speaking to. The fatigue. Then, then look what it says. Not only ye that labor, but also the heavy. This means overwhelmed, overloaded. Brother Dustin, do you got my you got my picture? Help me with my picture. <clears throat> How many of y'all felt like this guy before? You say, I can't relate to that guy. How about this next guy? Am I, am I talking to anybody now? Your schedules, your plans, your, your issues, the troubles, the difficulties, overwhelmed, overloaded, heavy laden, heavy laden. More than you can seem to bear. Are y'all with me? That's who he's talking to. You remember, you remember what I said? The primary application is salvation. He said, listen, forget about what the Pharisees are telling you and come to me. But I, 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 I went through the Gospels and I seen that there was other people that was coming to Jesus. Not just for the sake of salvation. Watch this. Look in your notes. They came to Jesus with their doubts. You remember, you remember a couple weeks ago we, we, we talked about John Baptist. He's sitting in the prison. Things are not going exactly the way he thought they ought to go. And he begins to wonder, is he the one? And he sent two servants to Jesus and said, Art thou he that should come or do we look for another? What's he doing? He's coming to Jesus with his doubts. Say that with me. With his. How many of y'all have had doubts before? Come on. Guess what? You can come to Jesus with them. Don't go to your neighbor with them. 
Don't go to unbelievers with them. Just come to Jesus with your doubts. What else? What else do we see people coming to Jesus with? They came to Jesus not only with doubts, but also with number two, with what? Questions. You remember Nicodemus? Nicodemus comes to him at night because he's afraid everybody else is going to see him. He said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Nobody can do what thou doest unless God be with him. He had questions. He had wondered what in the world is going on. Who are you really? What is going on? Hey, you say, preacher, I've got questions. I've got things going on in my mind that I don't know how to answer. Well, guess what Jesus says? Come to me. Come to me with your questions. Come to me with your doubts. Look at what else they came to Jesus with. They came to Jesus with their, number three, their. You remember the disciples in the storm. They're in the boat. Jesus is asleep in the boat. And they came to Jesus and said, Carest thou not that we perish? We're going to die if you don't do anything. What are they doing? They're afraid. And they, with their fears, drive them to Jesus. What are you saying? I'm saying this. Are you afraid? Come to Jesus. Are you fearful? Come to Jesus. Is fear keeping you up at night? Is it causing you to have to take medicine? Let me tell you, come to Jesus. Bring your fears to Jesus, just like the disciples did. Then look at this. Look at number four. They came with problems. They came with problems. They brought the sick to him. They brought the disease to him. They brought the blind to him. They brought the lame to him. They brought all these people full of demons and devils to him. They brought their problems to Jesus. Number five, they came with doubts. They came with questions. They came with fears. They came with problems. Then number five, they came with grief. Grief. Mary and Martha said, if you'd have been here, if you'd have been here, my brother not died. How many of you feel like Jesus abandoned you when he answered everybody else's prayers? Come on. They were his friends. They fed him when he was in town, probably put him up for the night. And they watched and they witnessed him heal people over and over and over and over again. Heal the sick, heal the lame. And then when it was their turn, when it was their brother that was sick, when it was their brother that needed Jesus, he didn't show up on time. And they come to Jesus with their grief. With their grief. You know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing a pattern. I'm seeing a pattern. And this is the pattern I'm seeing. A pattern of desperation. They came to Jesus when they were desperate. Jesus is saying here, Come to me if you're fatigued. Come to me if you're worn out. Come to me if you're exhausted. Come to me if you're overwhelmed. Not just overwhelmed with the rules and regulations of the Pharisees, but overwhelmed with your doubts, overwhelmed with your questions, overwhelmed with your problems, overwhelmed with your grief, overwhelmed with your fears. Come to me. And I'm glad we can. Now, 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 before we go any further... Can, can we all say, uh, even if we maybe not are going through it right now, can we say that we can fit in this crowd? We can say he's talking to us, right? Now, here's what I want to do. Now is when we're going to let the Bible talk to us, okay? We're going to let the Bible speak to us. Now say it with me. Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. Give me ears to hear. Give me an understanding. Of what I read. Now watch this. Now watch this. Here's the action that's taken. Not only the audience that's targeted, but number two, the actions that's taken. What do we do when we're overwhelmed? What do we do when we're overwhelmed with our situations, with our circumstances, with our fears, with our doubts, with our questions, with our, uh, our, our grief, with our problems? What do we do? Look what it says. Look what it says. What did Jesus say? Come unto Come to me. Write this down. It starts with faith. It starts with faith. I tried to really spiritualize this. Like, hmm, what does this really mean? I mean, what does this really mean? I need to look it up in the Greek. I need to find out what this really means. 
You know what I found out in the Greek? You know what come to me means? Come to me. I thought this is deep. I read one commentary that said this. Uh, uh, if you were to stand there in that day when Jesus said that and he said, come unto me, you wouldn't say, I wonder what that means. And I got to thinking, we make this so hard, don't we? We make this too complicated. Let the Bible say what it says. What does it say? Come unto me. Are you fatigued? Come unto me. Are you overwhelmed? Come unto me. Are you burdened down? Are you heavy laden? Come to me. Come to me. Now watch this. This is something that's, it may not be heavy to you, but it was, it stuck, stuck out like a sore thumb to me. Watch this. Now everybody pay attention. I know this is a little different this morning, but just stay with me. He didn't say come to church. He didn't say come to the temple. He didn't say come to religion. He, he didn't say come to holiness. He said, come to a person. And man, I begin to think about that. He, look what he says. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And come on. And not it. He said, I. So the peace that we're needing, the rest that we're needing for our soul is not going to come from a place. It's not going to come from a possession. It's not even going to come from circumstances surrounding our life. It's going to come from the person of Jesus. And you say, well, that's why I come to church. No, no, then tell me this, tell me this. Why do, why do children that are raised in church They're brought to church every week, but when they get to the age they can make their own decision, they leave. You know why? Because you brought them to church, but you didn't bring them to Jesus. They came to church, but they didn't come to Jesus. I've talked to people over and over that, listen, are out in this world and they're going through difficulty and strife and their life is a mess. And and I say, listen, won't you come to Christ? Oh, I've done that church thing. That's the problem. You did the church thing. You came to church, but you didn't come to Jesus. Now, I invite you to church so that you can come to Jesus. But if you come to church and do not come to Jesus, you won't find rest for your soul. Come unto me, not religion, not regulations, not rules, not traditions. Come to the person of Christ. He's a real person. He wants a real relationship with you. He wants to walk with you and talk with you. He wants to welcome you good morning in the morning and good night at night. He wants to be with you. And man, this is where we're missing it. There's a lot of us that knows a lot about religion and how to do church. I'm telling you, some of y'all are professional church people. (laughs) Nobody can do church like you. You know all the sayings. You know all the songs. You know all the behaviors. You know the dress. You know the talk. You know it all, but you don't know him. Let me tell you something. Religion will never give you the ability to say, though peace like a river attendeth my way. No, religion can't do that. It can't do that when you've lost four dollars. You'll never be able to say it's well with my soul. Religion's never done that to me. But when Jesus sits beside you and he wraps his arms around you and he whispers in your ear, everything's going to be all right. Religion can't do that. Denominations can't do that. Church attendance can't do that. It's faith in Him. I want to lead you to Jesus. Not to church, but to Jesus. And don't get me wrong, I'm all about the church if it brings you to Jesus. But if church just brings you to religion and ritual and a habit of going somewhere, the atmosphere in here is nothing. Well, you need to get in church. What does that mean? I'm in this building every day. Every day. And let me just tell you, at night, it's spooky. (laughs) 
And any of you people try to sneak in here and scare me, I'm packing. Are y'all understanding that? There's nothing special about this building. Oh, this is sacred and holy. No, it's not. It's concrete. It's metal. It's fabric. That's all it is. You're the church. You're the body of Christ. And when you come, he comes with you. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He says, come to me. You've tried everything else. Come to me. You've tried pills. You've tried alcohol. You've tried illicit affairs and relationships to try to bring peace in your soul. He says, come to me. The person of Christ. Now, I got to thinking about this. I got to thinking about this. When I was growing up, I always had somebody with me. Everywhere I go, I had friends, family, cousins, brothers, uh, 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 parents, the whole deal. When I went to Bible college, listen, they was gone. I was 500 miles away from everybody I knew. And I'm telling you, I felt lonely as can be. I didn't have anybody but him. Why am I telling you to come to Jesus? Because there's going to be places you'll have to go that these people can't go with you. That your family can't go with you. That your parents can't go with you. That your kids can't go with you. Jesus says, come to me. I know I'm, I'm, I'm belaboring this point, but I, I need you to understand that this faith that you need and this faith that you need to put somewhere is not in an it. It's in a person. It's in the person of Christ. He didn't say, and it will give, religion will give you, no, he said, I. You know what that means? It means everything in your life can be falling apart, yet he still has the ability to give you peace in your soul. I've seen people, I've seen people, listen, in a hospital bed, fixing to have surgery in a bundle of nerves. I mean, just about tore out of frame. And I was just with someone, listen, having open heart surgery. And they said, preacher, I've got total peace. You know why? They were with a person. I've seen people come to my office, just here recently, come to my office, just fidgety, nervous, just, 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 just with no peace whatsoever. And they bow their head and they give their life to Christ and say, God, I want a relationship with Jesus. Jesus, take me, use me. And man, the unbelievable peace comes over their life. I'm telling you to come to Jesus. Preacher, you don't know what I'm going through in my life. You don't know I'm going through a divorce. I'm going through a tragedy. I'm going through a death. I'm grieving. I'm telling you, come to Jesus. Place your faith in Jesus. Not in stuff, not in people. How many of y'all figured out this by now? People are going to let you down. And that's not their fault. They're, they're human. They, 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 listen, don't blame them. That People can let you down and don't even mean to. And don't even know they did. Preacher, you don't know what I'm telling you. Come to him. You see, rest for the soul starts with faith in a person. Say it with me. Rest for the soul begins with a a person. Placing your faith. I'm just coming to Jesus. Jesus, I don't know what you're going to do with this. I don't know how you're going to fix it. I don't know how you're going to change it. I I I don't know what plans you have. All I know is I can't do this and I'm tired of trying to carry this. I am overwhelmed and I am fatigued. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Starts with faith in a person. Number two, he says, come unto me. That's faith. That's faith in a person. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Now watch what he says next. Watch what he says next. What's that next word? Come on, say it. Take my yoke upon you. Now this is a little weird. He's talking about rest, and now he brings up an instrument of labor. How many of y'all know what a yoke is? You know what, what goes on the oxen? Y'all remember? It's basically, it's basically a frame that's cut, hand cut out of wood to fit the specific cattle, oxen, mule, whatever it might be. But it's for the purpose of labor. He said, Listen, let me tell you something. I want to give you some rest, so let me give you some work equipment. Doesn't that sound weird? Y'all don't think that sounds weird? That's like, man, you need a break. Here's a shovel. 
Right? He just says, I will give you rest. Now take this yoke and put it on. You see, what does this have to do with? Taking a yoke means submission. I know what y'all thought. Y'all thought y'all was going to get this fuzzy feeling and, and fuzzy story, cool thing, and a couple, one, two, three, and then God's going to make you feel better about everything. But I'm talking about real rest. Real rest. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a fuzzy story you read on Facebook makes you feel good for a couple seconds, and then you scroll on down, and now you're mad again because you see what somebody posted about the game last night. <clears throat> which is foolish. All that, all that will be over. This is the real life, what we're talking about. I'm not not talking about, what does Jesus say? If you're going to come to me, if you're going to come to me in faith, I can can fix your problem. But here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to submit to me. Take my yoke upon you. Taking a yoke was in that day referred to uh, as a, a student under the yoke of a teacher. That's why he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Yes. Y'all with me? Amen. But taking the yoke is submission. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. You'll never be able to say it is well with my soul as long as you're running the show. Right. Right. Let me tell you what's wrong with a lot of Christians or professed Christians is they want peace and they want it to be well with their soul, but they want to still be in charge. They want to still have the say in their life. They still want to run the show. It don't work that way. How do you know? Because Jesus, if he was running the show, he'd have let this cup pass from him. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. If Paul was running the show, he would have had the thorn taken away and be lifted up in pride and not be able to use. But because he submitted to Christ, he said, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You see, he was going through suffering. He was going through something very painful, painful to the point that one of the greatest preachers and missionaries that ever live on this earth begged God three times to take it away. But yet God said, no, no, no. My grace will be sufficient for you. I will help you through this. I will bring you through this. But you got to submit to me. I know what I'm doing. Preacher, what are you saying? God may not take you out of your situation. God may not take you out of your storm. God may help you through it. I need peace. Yeah, but you can have that in the storm. Too many of us have this idea. Everybody look at me, guys. (whistles) Look at me. I promise you, you're going to get help. Too many of us have this idea that the only way to peace is to have everything fixed. And to have it my way. And God to do what I'm asking him to do. But how many of y'all figured this out by now? God rarely does that. I have come to find out that God's ways are not my ways. And God's thoughts are not my thoughts. And God, he never checks with me about my life plan. Are y'all with me? He says, take my yoke upon you. It requires submission. I want peace in my soul. Well, then you got to quit being stubborn and surrender. We're so stubborn. Man, we're stubborn. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Let me give you some encouragement. Well, I'll get to three. Let me give you, let me give you this C and then we'll, we'll finish up. He says, come unto me. That's faith in a person. You see, my peace is going to be found in in Jesus. He's going to, he's going to give it to me himself. Not through, not my circumstances, not my possessions, not, not my, my, my rules or regulations, but Jesus himself is going to say, hey, here it is. Yeah. That, that peace. It's faith in a person. It's submission. Take my yoke upon you. It's surrender, submission. Say that word with me. It is submission. But then watch what else it says. Learn of me. This is discipleship. This is discipleship. We have to learn of Christ. 
You see, the more we're like Christ, the more we have victory over the circumstances in our life. How many of y'all have, have, have read your Bible once or twice? How many of y'all got one? Okay. Has anybody ever found one single place in the Bible where Jesus was defeated? Not one single place. Preacher, what's the point? The point is the more we're like Christ, the more we're going to have victory. I didn't say he didn't go through tough times. Look at the cross. Look at his betrayal. Look at his beating. Look at the trial. But yet he came through victorious. That's why he said, learn of me. Learn of me. So we have faith in a person, submission to him, submission. And that's probably where most of us are hung up and we just need, we could pray right now and come to the altar. Would you agree? Paul didn't want the thorn, but he submitted. Jesus didn't want the cross, but he submitted. The disciples didn't want all the torture that they went through, but they submitted and they came through victorious. Preacher, this grief I'm experiencing, you may need it. You may need it. You mean to tell me that the, the way to having peace in my soul is to quit fighting what God is doing in your life. Submit to him and let him help you through it. Amen. Y'all with me? Yes. Then it's discipleship. Teach me, Lord. Lord, I don't know why this has happened to me, but teach me how to respond like you. Lord, I don't know why I'm going through this, but teach me to respond like Jesus. I don't know why these people have treated me so wrong, but help me to respond like Jesus. Amen. Now watch, y'all. Put your seatbelt on. It's going to get a little tight. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Be honest with me. Raise your hand if you've been done wrong. Come on. Real high. Real high so everybody around here can see it. All up in the balcony down here. How many of y'all figured out getting mad and bitter about it didn't fix it? And made it worse. You know what Jesus did? Father, forgive them. For they know not what they... You know what? I hate to use this terminology, but he died in peace. He was not angry. He was not bitter. Bitterness is drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. He had peace. And you know what? There's so many Christians that have come to Christ and begging for his peace, but not willing to submit to his behavior. And that's why they still have turmoil. You know you need to act like Jesus. You know you need to forgive like Jesus. But yet you're not submitting to his yoke to be like Jesus. And that's why you can't sing this morning, it is well with my soul. Church, say amen. Amen. Number three, watch this, how how we're going to wrap this up. He says, come to me. Are you fatigued? Come to me. Are you overwhelmed? Come to me. Bring your grief. Bring your pain. Bring your suffering. Bring your fears. Bring your doubts. Bring your questions. Come to me. Then he says, submit. Because I'm going to ask you to do things that don't make sense. I'm going to ask you to do things that you're not going to want to do. But take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I love this. For I am meek and lowly in heart. Jesus never got frustrated with his disciples. Now, he did have the occasional head shake and eye roll. But even when they were plumb ignorant with him, he was was gentle with them. He was, shall we call fire down and destroy him? You don't even realize what I'm trying to do. He was gentle. Preacher, what's the point? If you'll take his yoke upon you, you'll find he's an amazing teacher. And he's patient. And he's gentle. 
I couldn't be a teacher today. Miss Jen, my hat goes off to you and all you other teachers in here. I would kill people. <clears throat> Students would never make it because I just, I, I'm just not patient enough. But you know what? The best teachers in the world are patient. And they're gentle. And Jesus said, I'm meek and lowly. You can trust me. You don't have to be afraid to take my yoke. You don't have to be afraid to submit to me because I'm gentle and I'm patient. Are y'all with me? Watch this. Watch this. Here's the assurance that's treasured. Here's the assurance. This This is what we can be assured of if we come to Jesus and submit to him. Submit to his lordship in our life. Submit to his leadership in our life. Submit to his control in our life. Watch what he says. Verse 30. Verse 30. My yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. Now we all raised our hand a while ago about how bad our lives are. That word don't fit. You know what the word easy means literally in this context? Well-fitting. Say it with me. Say it again. Now, so let's put that with this word, all right? My yoke is, say it with me. I mean the whole thing. You ready? In other words, they would hand carve the yoke to fit the particular animal it was going on. Why? To keep it from chafing and rubbing raw the skin on the animal. You know what Jesus is saying right here? I know I'm asking you to take a yoke, but I have fit it perfectly to your life. I know every hair on your head. I know everything about you. I am your creator and I've got a yoke that is perfect for you. Let me illustrate it. Let me illustrate it. I, I, I live on Crooked Creek. Crooked Creek. I got a corn pile back there now with a camera. And I checked it yesterday afternoon and there was four raccoons on it eating away. This is great. Do you realize I can take my puppy right out of his pen and send it from my backyard? And in 37 yards, I can be struck. God knows everything. I've told y'all this before. There was a time when I would, I would look at cities like Atlanta and all these big cities where there's tons and tons of people and think, man, I should be living there because you can build a church a whole lot faster because there's a whole lot more people. And y'all know what happened? God made me go preach a revival in Atlanta and I found out that that is hell on earth. Don't make me go to Atlanta. I left that revival and I said, God, if you'll let me get to the parking lot of Temple Baptist Church, I will get out and I will kiss the ground and I will thank you to Jesus comes that I live in a place where I can preach and not have crazy traffic and kick my dog off the back porch and go coon hunting. I know y'all think that's silly, but God knows me. He knows what I like. He knows what I don't like. And he's fit a yoke that's perfect for me. Coleman is perfect for me. It may not be perfect for anybody else, but it is perfect for me. This is a place that God has perfectly carved out and designed for me. It don't chafe me at all. Let me tell you why some of y'all are in turmoil because you've got a yoke around your neck that God did not fit for you and you're trying to serve in somebody else's position and it's chafing you to death and you're in difficulty. Let me tell you something. Come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't care what your yoke is. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care where it leads me, but I'm going to submit to you and surrender to you and I promise you, you'll find rest for your soul. Rest for your soul. You'll be able to lay it down and say, thank you, Jesus. I've been preaching other places. And I used to think I wanted to do that. You know, preach around revivals and all that. 
I would if I could take y'all with me. <laughs> there ain't no place like home. Yeah. Are y'all with me? Amen. You know why? It's well fitting. Yeah. You see, we can be country with this. It is not well fitting. Yeah. <laughs> it's well fitting. Yeah. Do I have a witness? Yeah. How about it, Andrew? Come on, you know that's right. I don't know why you're happy. Things are falling apart in your life. Yeah, but it fits me. God has given me strength. God's given me. People say, I don't know how you do it. I don't either. I really don't. I I don't have an answer. I don't know. I don't know why. I just just can. Then I look at Brother Travis. I don't don't know if he's here this morning. He might be in the second service. I don't know how he does what he does. I ask him, how do you do that? He says, I don't know. But I like it. You know why? It's fitting. It fits him. This fits me. You may be in turmoil because you're not where. But you know what Jesus said? My yoke is. Which means. Don't be afraid of his yoke. And I I, got to confess. I got to confess. When God showed me the yoke he wanted for me. Will, it terrified me. Because I, I, I was so shy. And he says, I want you to preach. I'm thinking, in front of people? <laughs> Take my yoke. Oh, no, Lord. Let Joe. He's mean. He hates everybody. He'd be perfect. <laughs> That's my brother, for y'all don't know him. But you know what Jesus said? It it fits. You may not know it right now, but it fits. At 17 years old, when I seen my yoke, if I would have seen all this, I'd have run for the hills. But you know what I've come to learn? He's smarter than I am. Here's the assurance of coming to Jesus. You're going to find something that's well-fitting fitting however you want to say it he said my yoke is easy but then he says this my burden is you know what that means that's freedom that's freedom we was going through the airport the other day and had the girls with me and they was carrying it i think it was brandy brandy or kenzie one they had this huge backpack and i said here let me get that for you I don't. She I, she wants to put an elephant in that thing, <laughs> and I lifted that up over her shoulders, and she. Went, <sighs> you know what Jesus is saying? Whatever yoke you're hooked up to, if it's got to the place that you're overwhelmed and you're fatigued and you're about ready to throw in the towel, you need to change. Because there's freedom in mine. My burden is, what is he saying? Unload all that other junk and come to me. And all God's people say it. Lastly, lastly, here's where we finish. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. Submit to me. Learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. Now watch this. Everybody read this with me. Everybody read this with me out loud. And ye, come on everybody, everybody, everybody. And ye shall find rest unto your soul. He didn't say your bodies. The the word soul here is the Greek word psyche, which where we get our word psycho. How many of y'all feel like a psycho sometimes, amen? Or maybe you're, no goodness, let's just leave that. We get our word psychology. It's basically the mind, the heart, the seat of the emotions. You know what he's saying? He's not saying, I'm going to give you rest in your body. A nap can do that. But do you realize only the person of Christ can give you rest for your your soul? I don't know about you, 
But there's been times in my life that I needed my mind to be able to take a nap. But you see, this rest doesn't come from a vacation. I've heard people say, well, you just need a vacation. How many of y'all have, come on, let's be honest. How many of y'all have gone on vacation and your mind kept thinking about the problems you have here? See what I'm saying? A nap doesn't fix this. A vacation doesn't fix this. But let me tell you what, the person of Christ can. The person of Christ can move into your soul and say, hey, everything's going to be all right. I got this. And you can, watch this now. Everybody look. I I know you 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 wrote the last word down and you're shutting everything down. Look at me. (laughs) There's one thing of knowing that he can't. But there's a whole other thing, feeling it. You with me? Listen, knowing he can is one thing. But I want you to come to him. And submit to him and say, God, I'm giving you this. I, I'm, my hands are off, Lord. No longer. I'm taking your yoke upon. I'm submitting here. And some of y'all may have to get desperate before you do. You remember that list of five that we, 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 we read in the, second, in the second sub of the first point? Every one of those people were desperate. And God may have to put you in a desperate situation before you will come to him. Don't let it get to that. Just come to him. Because I promise you, whatever yoke he's got carved out, well fitted for your life, you'll be glad you did. You see, peace in your soul is not going to come from a cool song. It's not going to come from a cool story on Facebook. It's going to come from the person of Jesus who will give it to you personally. He said, come unto me, 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 all you that labor and heavy laden. And come on, and I will give you rest. And all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I pray for those who are burdened today. I pray for those who are overwhelmed. Lord, there are people going through divorces. There are people going through tragedies. There's people going through cancer. There's people going through suffering and, and, and rebellious children and just pain and, and grief that we don't have any idea. I pray that they'll find a place in this altar right now. Right now. Don't even wait for the music. Right now. Just come out of those pews. Step. Everybody stand to make it easier for people to get out. Find a place in this altar and say, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm coming to you. The best I know how, I'm coming to you. I'm desperate. I need you. I'm coming to you. I surrender to you. Lord, if they're hurting, let them come. If they're broken, let them come. If they have doubts, let them come. If they have questions, <coughs> let them come to you. If they have grief, let them come. Use this time right now to heal your people. Use this time right now to offer the, 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 the peace. Lord, offer the help and the medicine for their soul. I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Jalen, you sing something. God's speaking to you. You come. Are you If you're running, stop running. Stop running. Stop procrastinating. Just and come.